0: welcome to another episode of nerds with friends my name is cody leach as always i'm joined by christian garcia See? we're zooming it up today because uh, we both leave live uh, busy jet setting lives uh, <laughs> recently. <laughs> uh, yeah it's uh thank you guys for stopping by and giving the show a listen or a watch uh i know we've kind of like been intermittent the past couple of weeks here. It's just cause I started a new job and they're sending me all over the damn place for training and stuff, which is, you know, it's good and bad, you know, uh, it's good. Cause you know, having a job is sick, uh, but also, you know, like living out of a suitcase is uh, not, not the best. <laughs> <laughs> so we're zooming it up for the sake of uh, our own sanity um so hopefully everything sounds good looks good uh we're trying some new stuff with some you know digital backgrounds and stuff so hopefully it'll look good and sound good we all have you know decent microphones and stuff like that so thank you guys for listening we do appreciate it uh if you want to check out any of our social media and all that good stuff make sure to check out nerds with friends podcast.com. look at the cool little title that popped up right in my head it's like right, right here um we do appreciate that you can follow us on all the social medias um like and subscribe Ooh, that would be a good one here, here look i could just do, i could just do this <laughs> like <laughs> and subscribe <laughs> exclamation points there we go that's how they know we're
1: serious about <laughs> that's it that's
0: how they know that was our producer doing that definitely not me typing it right now <laughs> If you want to uh, help support the show too, make sure to check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends. Um, easiest way to help support the show. We do appreciate all of our patrons who who uh, help support us month after month. Today, we're talking a little bit about Don Johns and Dragons, Honor Amongst Thieves. Um, it's the new movie that's out right now. Um, and obviously like, for a couple of D&D playing nerds, it's an exciting time, because um, you know, the last Dungeons & Dragons movie was not the best. Do you <laughs> do you remember that one, Christian? I remember
1: watching it. I don't remember anything about it. I remember one of the Waynes brothers being in it.
0: Yeah, I always I, get the Waynes brothers mixed up. I think it was Damon Waynes was in that one, right?
1: I Dude, or and i watched I I know I watched it, but I don't I if you had asked me what
0: um Jeremy Irons was, was, in there, was in it too. Or yeah,
1: which actors or what had <laughs> happened, I can fucking tell you.
0: Yeah, it's I mean it was uh it was definitely not not the the best representation of the game we all love, but uh But to be fair, I did not
1: play or know anything about Dungeons and Dragons when they came out. So. That's
0: true. That's true. Even when I was watching it, though, I'm like, this can't be it, right? <laughs> this, there's no way that this is what people are talking about. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be giving our full review and uh, just like normal, we will uh, be doing our spoiler free review first to let you guys know, is it worth spending your hard earned dollar dues to go see it in theaters? Um, and then we'll go into full spoilers full analysis of the movie after the break. Uh but before we do that, start the show as we always do with some nerdy confession. <laughs> Christian, what's your nerdy confession?
1: I'm debating, I was debating on which one to do, but since we're doing movies, I'll stick with the movie one. So I watched um Super Mario Bros. Super and, Mario Bros. Um I really enjoyed it man. Like I I didn't I didn't think I was going to just because um it's just my childhood you know fucking like supermarket yeah. was what i grew up with and the live action one that was done was you know interesting <laughs>
0: <laughs> choices <Yeah>. were made <laughs>
1: choices choices were made and it was it was interesting but um i won't go into any spoilers but it it was good i i, I don't remember i read the names of the guy who directed and wrote it but uh, forgive me, I don't recall. But you can tell that they were big fucking fans that it and it was made with a lot of heart. Um, it the best story, you know, no, but the movie had a lot of heart, and you could tell that whoever made it like were total fucking fans. And they put a lot of stuff that I wanted to see without the movie feeling crammed or rushed or or pushed or things put in just to be put in. um chris pratt i was fucking shocked uh, uh he did a good job you know uh um, nice. i guess slight slight spoiler is he doesn't do the mario voice the whole time but the reason why he doesn't make sense in the movie so and yeah I, I
0: heard i've heard that they address it like early on
1: yeah and early on and i think it was a good choice as opposed to him trying to do originals mario's voice um and I forget the voice actor's name, but everything I've read and heard, I've heard stories of people meeting him, and he's, like, the fucking sweetest person in the world. Like, he's, like, yeah. the nicest fucking guy. And to have tried to do his voice the whole time, I think would have been would have been bad. But, yeah, totally recommend watching it. Critics are not saying the best of things of it, but the fans are loving it, so highly recommend it.
0: Carl Martinet is the... Yes,
1: yes, fucking sweetheart, everything... I've I've met people that have worked with him and like I've not once heard it, well, not even one single thing where you're like he's a dick or something like everyone is just like Yeah it's like the Matt Mercer of video games mm-hmm. I, guess I would say you only hear amazing
0: things Well, about him. I mean I think Matt Mercer is the Matt Mercer of video games. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's true too, right? He's a voice actor. <laughs> yeah. As amazing as he is,
1: I don't know, man. I'm going to keep uh, Mr. Uh, what was it, Charles? Uh, yeah, Charles at, Martin At a higher caliber, man. You can't. It's hard to beat fucking the original voice of Mario.
0: You know what's funny to me is is that, you know, for me, when I think of Mario, Mario doesn't have a voice. You know what I mean? Because, like, the, the defining games of Mario for me were, you know... The first Super Mario Brothers, Super Mario Brothers two or whatever that one was called. I and thought you were going to say Jump
1: Man because you're old.
0: So, yeah, <laughs> no, I never, I never played Jumpman, Man. I don't think. Um, but and then Super Mario three, I think, is like the defining Mario game for me. Like the the best, the best looking one. Um, and uh, you know, you know, finding the whistle and skipping to you know level ten or whatever. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. All the all the little secrets and stuff. That game was I, just so fun.
1: I thought the voice you were gonna say the only acceptable one outside of Sir Charles would be uh the pro wrestler that did it in the cartoon. Uh, what's his <laughs> name? Oh,
0: oh. yeah, I, I know. Uh, I do remember the cartoon, but I don't. I don't know who who what wrestler it was. it was. it was a pro wrestler. Man, I'm sure
1: I can look it up. uh
0: Distract the viewers while I look. <laughs> But uh yeah I am glad that you know the that the movie is doing uh doing a good job you know it at least what I've seen from the previews I haven't seen it yet myself um but to to me at least, at least it looks like it nails like what I would want out of a Mario movie right you know Plumber pulled into the Mushroom Kingdom, fighting Bowser, saving the princess. Luigi's also there for some reason, you know. <laughs> and then it looks like they have little like some Mario Kart action, some Donkey Kong, you know. I think I think that's what the people really wanted was you know, um, just a true representation of the game. So that that's good to hear that they. Uh...
1: It was it was it was good, and like I said, like a lot of the things that was put in. It made sense in the movie. It, d- it didn't seem like, all right, let's just shove this in there because, you know, this is what them nerds want to see. You know, it just it, right. it made total sense.
0: Yeah. Lou I... Albano. Okay. Captain Lou Albano.
1: Interesting. He's like big in the 80s.
0: I think he was. Oh, good at- yes. Yes, yes, yes. I do remember. I do remember the. Uh, where he would come in like live action at the yeah. end right they would do their little yes. dance like <laughs> i i do remember that oh my god that makes me feel really old that that was like hidden away somewhere deep in my brain library you know with, with the fucking mario rap <laughs> it's fucking dope man oh my, oh my god that's crazy that one that one and remember like the legend of zelda show oh yeah excuse me princess yeah. I was like what the fuck like i don't like, know Link doesn't seem like he really wants to save the princess yeah like he doesn't seem like that big of a hero at all really <laughs> it's, it's so funny because like you ever have that thing where you like look up something that you used to watch as a child and you're like i don't like i was so young when that came out how do i remember that you know it's
1: burned into your fucking brain. yeah it's
0: just like like because you know you look up like the like the ninja turtles and stuff and like i remember that coming out i remember having the ninja turtle toys was i really like four years old five years old when some of this stuff was coming out it's it's, yeah weird to think about man it's 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 weird what our brains will like latch onto and and hold forever (laughs) my nerdy confession um it's kind of a, a kind of an interesting one um so, like, I've been, like I said, I've been traveling this past week. I was in Austin, Texas for training for this new job. And um, the TV at the hotel was not a smart TV. So, I was just, like, looking at my little phone like this for the entire week. So Wait, that's was it? Like a, it was a tube? No, it, no, it was just, it was a regular, it was a flat screen made by Panasonic, which, you know, Panasonic, like, really got out of the flat screen game pretty early on. Um and then like uh, it had no apps or anything. It just had regular cable and it was like standard definition of cable. So like the sides were cut in and it was like zoomed in. I'm like, this is shitty. I turned it off immediately. <laughs> and so I was just, I was streaming on my phone and, you know, I wanted to watch Mandalorian. I wanted to watch, you know, uh, Star Trek Picard. Um, and so I was just like stuck on my phone, but You know, YouTube on on your phone looks a little different than it does on Apple TV. So sometimes I would get other suggestions and stuff. And I started watching Pawn Stars again. God damn, that show's addictive.
1: I fucking love Pawn Stars. It's so good. Me and Sabrina were (laughs) like, we watched whatever was on Netflix. I think we even subscribed to like the History Channel just to see the other ones. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So check out, uh, here's my suggestion. Check out YouTube because they have like collections of different things by, by like categories, which is what I've been like diving into over the last week. So it'd yeah. be like, like the top 10, like fake items that came into the pond's, yeah, pond yeah, shop yeah. or the top 10 big money items, top 10 cars or whatever. So I've been like burning through those. And My, I just... my favorite ones. And I wish like, these guys
1: had their own show. It was uh, one of the gun uh, appraiser guys. Oh, yeah. It was this one guy who always comes in and always inflates the price of his fucking items. Like, oh, yeah, this is a fucking $30,000 gun. And then the gun appraiser comes like, it's a $2,000 gun. (laughs) God damn that little fucking asshole. Like, fuck this guy. Like, he's always like, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And it's like the best to see those two. But, and, the, and the other guys always play. He's like, all right, well, I'll see you
0: later. And you just yeah, like yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my favorite part of that show, I think, is that like like obviously you have some people come in and like, hey, I found this really old thing that my grandpa left to me. I just want to see what it's worth. And that's fine. You know, like, sure, bring that thing in. My thing is the guys who are like, Look, I'm a I'm a big time collector of such and such, and you know, I'm trying to get, you know, forty five thousand dollars for this. You know Incan tribal mask or whatever, and then they go in and he's like, "Yeah, this is obviously fake." It was it says like made in China here at the bottom. And he's like, "These guys don't know what the fuck they're talking about." Yeah, and like, you know, like what are you doing? first of all? Like, if you're a real like expert, why are you going to a pawn shop, bro? Yeah, like, like to me, you know, and I I will say like I've been into a couple pawn shops, right? But like I've never in my life considered selling anything to them and i mean i get it people sometimes people are in a bind and it's vegas right so maybe you you got some gambling debts to pay off or something but like i've definitely never like it just never crossed my mind because you know you're not going to get what the thing's worth right those are the ones
1: that piss me off so much when yeah. like the appraiser comes like oh yeah this is uh you know a
0: rare item and it's- at auction it might get yeah thirty thousand dollars and then right, how to- much you want for it Thirty thousand. That's that, yeah, <laughs> like what? Or, or even thirty. Like, well, that's what the guy said. He said it's worth thirty thousand. Like, yeah, but he said at auction, which means you have to pay the auction house, you have to get it appraised, you have to get it authenticated, you have to pay for all these things, and then you're just sitting on this thing for that long. So, no, I'm not going to pay you thirty thousand dollars, which is the upper end of what an auction would give you. And also, they're a business; they need yeah. to make money. Also, they're a pawn shop. Yeah. I know they have a show, but at the end of the day, they're not a, they're not an art collecting art collection auction house, you know what I mean? They're not going to pay you close to what it would make at auction. Although, they want they want to make 40%, 50% on it, you know? Although like
1: I feel like I've watched enough episodes where I almost feel like I know the fucking guys that work like there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick will spend the oh, very close to the dollar amount for books. The dude yeah, he loves, loves books. Books, like he will, like oh, it's a fifty thousand dollar book. Would you take forty five for it? Yeah, <laughs> the, and
0: you can see him getting nervous when yeah. the person is like, mm, I don't know if I want to or not. Yeah, he has certain things that he really likes, um, which is which is always funny to watch. Like, I think uh, a guy brought in like a guitar that Jimi Hendrix had played, and the guy wanted a million dollars for it, right? Which honestly you know, at an auction, that guitar could probably get close to that if it's, you know, at the right time and everything. Um, and, and Rick's, you know, Rick started off at like, I don't know, $400,000 or something like that. Right. Um, and like, he, the the guy's like, nah, man, I can't, I can't take anything less than a million. I can't take it. And he was like, all right, 500. All right, 550. He's like, all right, well, can't make a deal. Sorry. The guy's packing up to go. He's like, how about 600 and yeah. i'm like oh shit man rick wants that thing yeah no i mean it's that's my it's, favorite
1: it's it's rough like dude like we can't do that shit if someone came in like i'm trying to sell these magic cards like oh well well fuck me all right well what do you got like you know like, <laughs> i obviously want it yeah it would be tough like it's you know you can't be a fucking collector and have that type of business like you have to be able to let things go and you know and right. be able to buy things cheap you know
0: yeah, exactly, and, and I yeah I think when you're in that business, you really can't you can't have much of a collector's mentality. Now, you know, like you're saying, I think books are one thing that he kind of likes, and maybe some of those do go in his personal collection yeah. or whatever. You know what I mean? So, I I think that's you know that's okay. But if you're like if you're like you know us or something, or like or like Rick, our buddy Rick, with the G.I. Joe stuff, right? Like yeah. you just you just you just buy it all keep it all. You know <laughs> that's not how you start a pawn shop. Um, it's also interesting though, like when they get things that they
1: have no clue whatsoever. Like I remember there was one where like Pokemon cards came in, and some dude had like a shit ton of Charizards. Yeah, and like I, I think it was Rick, or I, I don't know if their dad was still alive. He was like, what are these Pokemon cards? Pokebands. And they're just just like, yeah, he's like, you can see Chumley like, no, man, this this, this is really
0: worth a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. What a great concept for that show, you know? It's just one of those things, like, another good one was, like, Storage Wars, where, like, you know, they buy the storage units and, and dig through them and stuff. Like, whoever thought the idea of those shows up was, like, they just knew, like everyone gets that little bit of like serotonin hit in their brain where it's like, Oh, it's so much money. Oh, that's so cool. I've Um, always
1: been curious about going to a storage auction because like you hear, and I think one of the guys on that shows, their stories was like I bought a storage and inside was a comic book collection worth like a hundred thousand dollars. You know, you obviously think, you know, that's the dream, right? That's the dream. Sure. You want that shit. Yeah, And I know, obviously, I would be chasing that. But I know with my luck of picking packs with magic cards, yeah. I know I'm only going to get the fucking storage units that someone has a collection of fucking scabs in it or some shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, so disgusting.
0: I think, you know, like I, I'd be interested in doing one of those just to see what it was like kind of thing. But like, I think you've got to assume most of the time you're going to lose your ass and you're just kind of like hunting for that that one big hit kind of thing, yeah. where, like, in the corner you peek out and you see some long boxes or something, or, like, some, you know, some card boxes or whatever. They like, I always
1: love the guys who swore they were fucking, like, storage whispers. They look in and it's like, now nah, you see that? That right there is hiding this, this, and that in the shape of that's covering this, so yeah. I know there's money in there. It's like, what yeah. are you talking
0: about? <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, shit, it was just lawn chairs. Yeah. <laughs> i thought it i thought it was bags of money damn it yeah it's it's very interesting like that like how much like value can be like just locked away in a box like that you know it's 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 uh it's kind of like modern day treasure hunting you know what i mean um but most of the time when you're hunting for treasure you just find a bunch of rocks you know (laughs) but man yeah if you guys like Revisit Pawn Stars because it is it is a fun time and I don't even know if it's still going. I I don't, I, know. I don't know. I mean, I know there's some more recent episodes because like, uh, you know you can definitely tell when like Chumley like started smoking meth and then also like when he <laughs> stopped because I thought he had his stomach stapled or something. You talking because he lost weight? No, because no, I think he got in trouble because he had like crack or something on him. I got I, I, I know making he's been that.
1: arrested a couple times for like. Having guns he shouldn't been owning or something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you know he, he definitely got into some trouble with the law, but he did he did lose a bunch of weight, and so did the son too. Which uh, you would
1: think working at a pawn shop, he'd be like, "Oh no, man, that's the shop. So I was just cleaning it up here." Like, dude, easy excuse right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: um. But yeah, you know, it's it's, yeah. Let's see here. Yeah, he had. Uh, here's what here's what cops found in his in his um uh in his house he had uh oh this is kind of funny yeah chum lee pawn star chum chum room uh what was that they, they he had something called a chum chum room um wait with a, with chum a da- lee had yeah. a chum chum room yeah with a dance pole in it <laughs> what the a chum chum room. This is not real shit you're reading right now. In the chum chum room, police found and seized clear plastic baggie with right, white residue and a $1 bill rolled up with white powder residue. wonder what that was. No, um, officer,
1: that's collector's cocaine.
0: Yeah, I was,
1: I was testing was off the, it.
0: <laughs> this was off the set of fucking uh, a movie, you know. And they seized marijuana, methamphetamine, drug pipes, and other paraphernalia. Lots of ammunition. 12 guns include handguns revolvers rifles shotguns and some of them were loaded pretty cool pretty cool guy but i think he's <laughs> i think he's uh you know on the i think he's probably doing better now i hope let's let's all hope chumley's doing a little bit better i,
1: I uh, would i would think in vegas you can own guns like i don't see why you could get in trouble for that
0: no, no, I think I think some of them were not registered to him and things ah. like that. And the drugs is probably really what they <laughs> what they were going for, but um, which is weird. Like Las Vegas is hard on drugs. That's, that's kind of strange, right? But uh, enough about Pawn Stars. Let's get talking about Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Amongst Thieves. We should say the full title, I suppose. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about. Uh, spoiler-free review. Did we like it? Did we hate it? And should you go see it out in theaters? Um, then after our little break, we will uh, get into full spoilers. So, you know, you could re- if you're looking for a little deeper meaning into some of the movies, you can listen to that. So what do you think, Christian? Did you like the movie? Do you think it was a, a good representation of D&D for D&D fans and non-D&D fans alike?
1: It's so rough, right? To say if it was a good representation of D&D. Um... Generally speaking, yes. I think it's a pretty good um, way of breaking into what the game is like in our imaginations. You know? (laughs) What it's like playing in our head. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, is someone going to understand rules or, you know, dice rolls or something like that? No. But, yeah, Yeah. overall, yes. I I really enjoyed it. Um, I think it would be... I think if you go in just watching and it thinking it's a fantasy movie, you'll probably be fine.
0: Yeah. But I think,
1: I think there will be some times you're like, fuck is that?
0: <laughs> See, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I there's, think
1: there's a humanoid dragon and no one's addressing this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Right. I think, I think if you just go in expecting a fantasy movie, you'll have a good time. Right. It's, it's not like, it's not like you have to have the player's handbook memorized or the Dungeon Master's Guide memorized to enjoy the movie or to understand what was going on. But I also think there you're right where there is enough D D specific things in there that maybe, you know, aren't dwelled on very long um, that D D players will be like, Ooh, that's that. Ooh, that's this, you know? So I think that it's really set up to, to be uh, a good movie for all audiences. I don't think it was, Made for just D and D fans or just non D and D fans, which I think is what you want out of a movie like that, right? Yeah. Because I think the problem most studios fall into is they make they're like, well, we want to make a Dragon Ball Z movie, but we got to make sure that non Dragon Ball Z fans, you know, enjoy it. So they just forget about all the you know people who like the anime or whatever and try to make some Hollywood. Version of the movie, and then it turns into a pile of shit, right? um And this one, it's like, no, they respected the source material, and made it approachable for people who have no idea about the world of D D. Like, you don't have to know that, like, Baldur's Gate and Waterdeep are cities in uh in D D, or that Neverwinter is a big big time city in uh in D D to enjoy the movie. You don't have to know that dragonborn and uh what Ioc- Iococas or whatever what, what uh, are the birds iococcas or whatever yeah. I, I can never say their name the, the bird people um uh, lee is the guy who invented the board mustang <laughs> 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 uh, but uh you know uh you don't have to know that stuff to enjoy the movie it's like oh it's a fantasy world there's animal people okay i get that you know fine um you don't have to think too hard on it right but for for everyone, you know, for every level of d d player that there is, there's something in there for you to, like, see, like, in the background or some some inside joke or whatever. So even, like, your heavy-duty, heavy, heavy duty, like, you know, like d d stream watchers, like, you know, critters and stuff like that are going to see stuff that are, like, specific D&D inside jokes that are really funny. Um, and, you know, some of those might go over the heads of your average player uh, viewer but the the acting and and the chemistry of all the characters i think is enough to make it a good overall movie in general so i really enjoyed it i had a good time with it
1: yeah like i i went with a good mix of people like i took my sister who has no idea what like is and um i took my niece who i i will dm a game for her and she she loved it she loved it so my niece like and particularly because there was a tiefling druid, which is what her character is. She's like, oh my god, it's like my character. Uh, Tamale Posole uh, Berry. Well, I forgot her character's name, but that's actually, not being fucking racist, that's actually the name of her character. <laughs> and I was asking my sister, like, did you, did you get it? She's like, yeah, it was fun. Oh, you enjoyed it? He's like, yeah. Did you have any idea what's going on? No, not really. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, but I liked it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I think, I didn't question anything of the stuff like uh like the dragonborn or the tabaxis or anything. It was just yeah. like oh, they're just there. Like that's they're just
0: people. Right. I think it's it's you know, it's not mm-hmm. it's not so sent focused on those characters where like you don't have to really know what a tiefling is to understand that there's oh this chick who lives in the woods with horns sticking out of her head and a tail like okay she's obviously some sort of fantasy you know person um i don't think you know which is nice because like it doesn't take into account like you know their 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 uh, abyssal you know ancestry and things like that you know you don't have to know that it doesn't make any difference to the movie and that makes it a well written movie i think and at the end of the day you know it's like and we'll get more into this in, in spoilers but the plot is like Very straightforward. We have to get this thing to do this thing to rescue this person. And then, you know, that's the plot. You know, like, it doesn't matter how fantastic any of those items are or where these are located. Like, it's a very easy to understand plot. Now, if they had some, you know, if they had focused more on, like, say, like, you know, like the Eye of Vecna or or some one of these other, you know, D and D like, you know, MacGuffins or whatever. Uh, I think that would have been maybe harder for, you know, your average movie goer to understand. Um, But, you know, I think they, they laid everything out um for your, your average layman to enjoy and explained enough of everything to make it an enjoyable experience for everyone. So I I'm, I'm really pleased with it. And I think it's, it's doing fairly well in, far as the box office goes which is exciting because that hopefully means they'll make more maybe not with these characters but in the universe and you know uh continue the D &D cinematic universe if you will i think it's good um any any like major downsides without giving away any spoilers um downsides i
1: am a big fan of practical effects i love it i will take practical effects and puppeteering over um any cg anytime um that being said i I think they could have spent a little bit more on the budget on the and particularly the tabaxi character and even they're in there for like 30 seconds but i was just like i just remember pausing oh that's a really bad uh, (laughs) practical effect puppeteer particularly when the tabaxi baby they pull it out um when the uh sexy paladin saved that uh, tabaxi kid which I thought also was weird as sexy paladin it's like you never really think you know yeah. that he's just the the uh, you know the justice guy like hey these are the rules and this is what I follow and that's it and I don't yeah. deviate from this Um but yeah I just remembered this The like a, they could have spent a little bit more money on the practical effects but not anything that pulled me out of the movie it was just like for a quick second like oh you know Kind of weird. I mean, yeah. No movie is perfect and there's gonna be some stuff. Um, but I that was like the only thing I can think of right now. And I was like, oh, could have spent a little bit more dollars on that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think you know it, it would have been nice. I mean, most of those characters were in the background, so I can see why they didn't spend a, a ton on it. Like the dragonborn looked kind of big and clunky, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think you know, it got the point across kind of thing. If they were gonna have a dragonborn main character. I think they would probably, first of all, they would probably go full CG and, um, you know, it would probably look a little bit more convincing, but, you know, I think, I think it served its purpose for the movie. Um, I didn't, I didn't, uh, think too much about that. I think, you know, there was a couple elements of the plot that could have maybe used a little reworking, uh, writing wise, but, um, I think overall, you know, I, it was a very enjoyable experience. So I think everyone should go watch it, uh, check it out and see it in theaters. It's, you know, a good action comedy kind of thing. So there's some big, you know, cinematic, uh, you know, set pieces in there. Definitely. You worth... can watch it 4D. I recommend watching it 4D. It's oh, fun. was it fun yeah. in 40? I, I loved it. Yeah. I the chairs were rumbling around and stuff.
1: Yeah, my niece is just like in the beginning, like when it first takes you, just like, oh shit. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: Four, 4D doesn't fuck around if anyone hasn't tried it. It's because remember, uh, I think Cinemark Theaters did D Box, um, yeah. which was like, I was a like, a very oh,
1: watered down version. This sucks.
0: It's like, oh, thanks for charging me $30 for this ticket, where it's just like, it just kind of vibrates a little bit. You're like, oh, okay. No, 4D is like, you know, like your Disneyland caliber like you know throwing you around in the and like spraying shit in your face it's like it's intense. It
1: even smells i just think we yeah. this is the first movie where they were putting like actual smells like when they were out in fields you can smell like grass like this is fucking dope
0: yeah <laughs> like, awesome i remember seeing top gun in it and it snowed yeah we watched yeah it was yeah the best, it was like man. oh so cool it was like oh, it's fucking snowing in here right now i fucking love this <laughs> No, yeah, dude, I,
1: I wish they would bring that back just to like. Yeah, I don't want to watch that movie any other way, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's just and not the, as good in impactful. the beginning, like when the jet engine is like rumbling and like your whole fucking chair is moving and then like moves back when it takes off. So like, oh, yeah,
0: shit. so sick. Oh man, yeah, go check out for it's uh it's exclusive, I think, to Regal Cinemas. So if you have one near you, it's definitely worth checking out. All right, well, let's take a little break, Christian. And when we get back, let's talk some spoilers for Dungeons and Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves. We'll be right back. Time to talk some spoilers for dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves so if you haven't seen it and you're interested in seeing you don't want anything ruined might want to pause the video now leave it on in the background let it play through several thousand times we'd appreciate it but uh you might want to turn away um because we're going to get into some of the spoilers of the movie so uh let's get into the nitty-gritty details so in in the movie we have Chris Pine playing um, the Bard character, which
1: I have some feelings
0: about. <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> because in the beginning, I didn't like that version of the Bard. I was just like, okay, he didn't do any magic. Yeah, like, he, he didn't cast any spells. Uh, he barely attacked, mm-hmm. and I was just like, what? Like, he, it's fucking useless. Uh-huh. But. After the movie, when I was digesting it, I actually started to like it more and more. Because it's like, well, he did motivate everyone. and He He was given some bardic
0: inspiration constantly. Yeah, he
1: consistently gave inspiration when people thought they couldn't do things. He was like, no, man, you you got this. You can fucking do it. Mm -hmm. Which is, yeah, what bards do. And um, I mean, fucking let's be honest. Like the idea of a bard is... useless yeah Yeah, it's fucking stupid it's kind of useless um but the game does a good job of making them do like really awesome things and I, i i think it was a at first i didn't like the choice that he didn't cast any magic using music as the power of music but as much as it was a fantasy movie that's a fucking tough sell to do Right, it, particularly for someone who does not play the game, it's like wait, he plays music and fucking magic happens. Yeah, like why doesn't the fucking sorcerer guy over there just fucking do that? Like, um, right, right. But so yeah, after digesting it, I just I started to enjoy it more and more of that choice. But as an initial <laughs> knee jerk reaction, I was like, oh, I don't like this. Like, I don't like this at all.
0: I think kind of what they did with all the characters, and I and I agree with the choice because you're right. Like the true D and D players would be like. Oh, why isn't he casting like mage hand or, you know, whatever, you know, where, you know, he plays his loot and fucking, you know, blades shoot out of it or whatever the fuck. Right. Um, And same thing with all the other characters. Right. You know, the why? Why didn't the barbarian have like, you know, totem armor or, you know, something like that? Or why? Why did the, you know, druid not cast? The druid didn't cast any spells either. You know, she just wild shaped over and over again. Um, And I think what they did is they kind of like they took each of these classes that they wanted included and they kind of like condensed them down to like what makes that class unique. So barbarian, barbarian rage. Right. And we saw that with Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, You know, she's kind of a quiet, stoic character. But then when battle starts happening, she's like cracking heads and like smashing people to bits kind of thing you know i think they encapsulated that really well and like you could see that like people were afraid of getting her angry you know that kind of makes the barbarian rage uh happen i actually Um, really
1: enjoyed all her fight all the fight scenes with her they were they were really dope like um using everything at what was nearby you know improvised weapons and stuff mm -hmm. like you know going into a rage
0: is like, everything is a fucking weapon, right? Now. <laughs> yeah. Even though I will say, I don't think barbarians really use improvised weapons that much. Um I think in the game that, that they don't get like a proficiency with that or anything, but I could be wrong. It's been a while since I played a barbarian. Um, but I think she did a really good job of, of playing that character. And, and then Chris Pine, like you said, he's constantly giving bardic inspiration, which is a hard thing to like show. But like, if you pay it attention, it it makes sense what he was what he was doing throughout the thing sorcerer he was doing wild magic most of the time right he yeah. had the little wheel thing that kind of you know gives the idea of wild magic you don't really know what's going to pop out of it kind of thing oh Bro- see i thought those were spell slots
1: um. i was like and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, he's got to, like, wind it up to, like, actually get the the slot.
0: I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a cool interpretation. I thought it was a wild magic thing because he, like, spun it and then, like, something popped out. And it was like, oh, fuck. And then you, he throws it. And yeah. some, some he doesn't really have confidence in, like, you know, what will happen each time. Um, but uh, it could it could have been spell slots, too. You know, you you could be right for sure. Uh, the druid just wild shaped all over the place way more than any druid ever really could. Um, <laughs> and, you know, she like, she wild shaped from one creature into another, which, you know, is a big no, no in D and D and like, you know, wild shaping into an bear is tough. But again, you know, part of the fun is D and D in D and D is like, you know, if you make some sort of deal with the dungeon master, you could really do anything. So, you know, I, I don't, I didn't mind any of that too much um and then um and then like also uh did you catch the rogue in in the in the movie what oh oh you mean uh hugh grant no his daughter his daughter was a rogue because she has a freaking invisibility ring or pendant or whatever right she's the stealthy one so she's gonna i think i'm calling this right now i think she's gonna be in the next movie as the rogue of the group. Because okay. all she did the entire time was sneaking around the castle. Oh,
1: and that's and right. And particularly there. in the beginning when they used her
0: to like... Uh, Literally when she was a baby, she was hiding in a cabinet. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I that's, how, that. that's how they defeated the wizard too. She sneak attacked her with the, the magic cuffs, you know? So, um, but yeah. I th- so I think what they did is they kind of distilled all all of the classes into their, you know, best known forms you know and i think that's the way to do it to introduce an entire audience to what these classes do one thing i did
1: want to see that i was a little disappointed was a—I uh, i wanted to see chris bine do vicious mockery and maybe he didn't i just didn't fucking notice but like yeah.
0: was well i think yeah i think he kind of you know you know he, he took some shots at at the at the red wizard lady um and hugh grant for that matter and i think you know it may might not have been as vicious as as we would have wanted, but you know I think I think there was some mockery in there for sure. Um, and then let's talk about the paladin, right? Um, so th- the paladin when I first saw him um in the uh in the trailers and stuff, I was like, uh that's that's gonna be kind of lame if they make him like um, uh like you know the hero like the super cool guy of the whole movie. And he's just like, he's the straight guy and all the other ones are, are like the, are the fun, goofy characters. Um But then as I started, as I watched it, I feel like he was a DM character. Right. Cause as in a, a character that the dungeon master, um, you know, that the dungeon master is controlling who an, NPC. an NPC essentially who the, the dungeon master controls and has him come in and, you know, give the players what they need and then vanishes out of nowhere, you know? <laughs> and I think that's, I think they achieved that. Cause like everything he said, like was very, like every line he delivered was super straight and didn't really have that much character to it. When you think about everyone else is like kind of joking and reacting around him. He's just like, he's like, you know, I fought in many battles and, you know uh i was abandoned by my kin's people or whatever and then he has like no follow up to anything and then even when he leaves the group he walks away and he just straight walks line. in a straight line walks over the rocks <laughs> it's not, it's like completely how a dm controls an npc <laughs> so i thought that was i don't know if that was intentional but it definitely seemed like it um but man r- really really funny i thought i thought his character was was pretty great
1: i love the 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 uh overweight dragon he was my favorite
0: yeah <laughs> yeah a- uh, i don't i don't remember um he is supposed to be uh like a named character in in D. um he's I like just,
1: i think every character was other than the uh the players the main characters but i think everyone else was um actual uh in some kind of lore or in some of the campaigns, like I was
0: thrown off by uh, the main.
1: Dembreshod
0: is is the dragon, apparently. Dembreshod. Yeah, I just want to give him treats, man. I just want to give him snacks. That's it. <laughs> you know, He's and- the Wormsmith of Gracklestuf. I know he was so chunky. It was great. I
1: just want to. I just want to rub his belly and give him snacks. That's
0: it. <laughs> um, Yeah, there's there was. Let's talk about some of like the like the D D inside jokes that we could explain to like a non D and D player um, that maybe they didn't catch. Right. Um, Cause there, are, there are a lot of them out there. <clears throat> I think the first and foremost one is like that. The Bard is kind of like a jokey class. Most people who play Bards are the very charismatic, like jokesters of the group. Right. Cause they're just like their whole base stat is charisma, you know? Um, and I think Chris Pine played that perfectly. Like a lot of a lot of a bard skills may not be that great in combat, but they're they're very good in social settings and I think they they showed that really well. Um that that was definitely one of them. The gelatinous cube. So uh at, at one point in the maze running sequence when they're in the the big event at the at Neverwinter, um they have this there's slimy cube that they like jump into and inside there's like a skeleton that the gelatinous cube is one of the most infamous like bad guys in you know D&D because it's just a cube of jello that <laughs> gets you stuck and then melts you slowly over time <laughs> it just
1: digests you while you're in there That's it.
0: yeah exactly and they get out and they're like it stings. <laughs> um or what were some other like D&D specific things in there i um, was
1: hoping they would get stuck with doors but they didn't so much it's like <laughs> it's
0: like oh let me check it for traps you know but
1: again they didn't have the rogue the whole time you that's know? true that's true
0: well the so the bridge the bridge scene when they're in the underdark where they're like like the paladin's explaining how how the bridge you know trap is supposed to work right that that totally reminds me especially as a dm of like explaining this like long sequence of like how you're trying to set up this puzzle for the group and then someone just like like tries beating it with a hammer or something <laughs> and just like ruins everything you had set up just and, triggers the trap and so then you you as a dm have to be like uh okay and you look over there and oh my god the staff is a portal gun and <laughs> now you can get across safely that <laughs> uh, that seemed very much to me like a a, a play at you know, when the DM creates this elaborate puzzle and the players just like fuck it up completely, and you have to like <laughs> on your toes think of some cool way of getting them out of it and back into the adventure. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, or like even when uh when we first see Holga um uh Michelle Rodriguez's character, like beating up at all those guards and stuff, and Chris Pine's like trying to scrape his his <laughs> ropes off. That, someone who rolled a
1: natty one Yeah. get out uh, of the trap.
0: Screamed to me like a failed ability check, like ah, 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 tried to do it while while she's just annihilating everyone. Um and then and then like it's a little thing, but like Hugh Grant's character when he's just trying to escape with all the loot. We all know that one player who's just like <laughs> all he's interested in is the gold, and he doesn't care what the rest of the party's doing. He's just in it for the loot. Um yeah, there's there's some really good little things. I think I think Michelle Rodriguez in particular did a really good job of portraying a character, what a character with a low intelligence score would would be like. Because she said some like she said some dumb stuff and didn't understand things, but she wasn't an idiot either. You know no, what I mean? No, she was she was intelligent, but I I did
1: feel like she did have her intelligence might have been low, but her wisdom wasn't that bad because right. anytime. Uh... Chris Pine had, like, a moral dilemma. She was always there, like, hey, man, like, you got to think of this. You got to think about your kid, you know? Mm -hmm. It's this. This is why we need to keep going, you know? So, uh, but I guess you can also kind of put that towards, um, I guess, not constitution because she's not eating anything, (laughs) but (laughs) she, uh, she very much knew, like, hey, yes, you're right. She did say some stuff that wasn't that intelligent, but she always knew when, she was pretty wise on some of the decisions that they had to make.
0: Right, and that's you know that's an interesting thing that you know is always a new D and D player has trouble with is like, what's the difference between intelligence and wisdom? You know, and it's it is two different things, and I thought that you know, for the short time that we saw this movie, you know they they definitely showed that off fairly well, um, and basically you know, the the whole plot of this movie right is there's. <clears throat> Chris Pines and um Michelle Rodriguez are in jail because of a, a heist gone wrong where they were basically betrayed by uh Hugh Grant's character and this red red wizard lady um who you know left them for dead to get caught kind of thing and escaped with with the loot. And uh so they need to break out of prison and go and save Chris Pine's daughter, who is uh being essentially held not captive kind of but like as a ward of hugh grant's character um and they assemble a team to do that and the team includes uh justin smith's character um the uh the sorcerer and um uh the girl from it i forget what her name is her name is sophia lillis the um the druid and then they get a little help from uh jean page who is the uh paladin guy um so i think they did a did a good job of setting up like here's what has to happen in the movie um and then you know we can just kind of watch this like essentially a heist uh to help save a person uh go off so i think that the plot was simple enough where you know it didn't need a lot of like a lot of weird exposition to explain the stuff in and D. I think it was light enough where, you know, it really came together quickly and they were able to execute it pretty pretty quick as well. Um, what are some of the things you didn't like? You know?
1: That I did not like?
0: Yeah. Um like any any reveals or anything you, you didn't care for I don't
1: know about reveals. Um I I would have liked to have seen some more D and D stuff. But I, I understand like it, it would have been really fucking hard like you can't do fucking death saves you know yeah. like that's gonna be rough, you know um and, and no I mean I, I don't know i I think I think it did a pretty good job like anything that I may have not enjoyed would, would just be nitpicking like I had mentioned the the practical effects of certain things mm-hmm. but
0: I, I I don't know man. If they were, It rode the middle pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it did. If there was one thing from D&D, it could be a monster, a particular mechanic, a spell, you know, whatever ah, you want. I know. what A would beholder. You... I would have beho- loved to have seen a beholder. They sure. mention a beholder, <laughs>
1: and they show a beholder in, like, a, a drawing, but it's just such a classic D&D monster. Like, um... I mean, I guess he would. He would have had to been the main villain, particularly because I feel like they were all like low level characters. Like they, I, I can't imagine them being higher than five. You know, I think they had to be like five or below. I
0: but- was reading somewhere that someone was saying that they were like level seventeen, and that does not. I mean, that doesn't seem like they are to me. Yeah, uh, but someone, so some, I forget. I read it somewhere on the internet. Someone was like, and oh, particularly yeah. the sorcerer
1: himself. <laughs> like, yeah. No way. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, I mean, at level 17, the characters are almost, like, I- impervious to damage and stuff. And I definitely didn't get that feeling from them. I think a beholder would be a really cool addition. Uh, and if, if we're talking about the one from the d d movie from 2000 or whatever it was, 2001, uh, there was a beholder in that, which was the worst depiction ever. Like, they snuck up behind him. I'm like, it's literally a ball with eyes on it. You know, like, what do you, can't sneak up on it. Um, I think that would be cool, but I think you're right. I think it would have to be like one of the bigger bads in the movie. Because beholders are, you know, they they may look goofy to the uninitiated, but they're they're nothing to joke about for sure. Um if I had to if I had to put like one thing into it, I think would be funny would be like, you know, maybe like something about uh someone like looting too much, like you know, if they had a bag of holding, I think would be a fun, a fun thing to they didn't
1: mention any bags of holdings. You're yeah. right. It's Such as like staple in fucking, you have to get one like early on in the game.
0: Yeah. It would be cool. If, you know, if, if someone just kept pulling stuff and they'd be like, how much, do you, what, what kind of stuff do you keep in there? And they pull out like a spear or something, you know <laughs> uh, that would have been, I think a, a pretty fun thing to include. I mean, they had the mimic mimic was yeah. really fun. I thought that was a, a great thing. Um, also, did you notice that one of the other groups in the maze was from the ni- 90s cartoon? Yeah, 80s the 90s cartoon? cartoon. Yeah, yeah. they were just grown up,
1: like, uh, but, all <laughs> but the they outfits, had like
0: the, the horn helmet and stuff, yeah. and yeah,
1: all the outfits were the same. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, I caught that early on. I was like, hey, it's the cartoon guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. They just didn't have
1: the little dungeon master, but that would have been actually hilarious if you yeah, yeah, it yeah,
0: somewhere. yeah I I would have liked. I would say, it, you know, we got little hints of other races and stuff throughout the <clears throat> throughout the uh, movie. Like, we had uh, Bradley Cooper as a halfling, which was... Which I thought was crazy. Like, I was telling uh, Sabrina, I was like, hey, it's, it's, it's fucking that guy. She's like,
1: what? I was like, fucking rocket.
0: It's rocket. Rocky, Rocky. <laughs> yeah, Bradley Cooper. Obviously has a taste for larger women, you know? I, I can respect <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, I thought, like, we got little hints of some of the other characters. We saw one dwarf. You know, we saw one orc. We saw, you know, one dragonborn, one tabaxi. So there there was, like, a little bit of them sprinkled in there. It would have been nice to see a few more. Um, like, even when we were in the elf village or whatever with the tiefling chick, we didn't see that many elves, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like there's a pretty pretty good mix in there um overall man i think it was it was a great movie i i really enjoyed it i think fans of d and d game the game and fantasy movies action comedy movies in general will all really enjoy it that no, was good i was actually um
1: i was surprised that none of the uh critical role guys were in there unless they were in there somewhere and i didn't
0: notice that's um, true i, I think was... that, that's kind of a missed opportunity like like at least Matt Mercer, you know what I mean like have him as an innkeeper or something I yeah. think would have been hilarious now now that you mentioned that that's that seems to me like it could have been a big miss like that they, they should have you know they should have really had had them in there somewhere even you know, if even if they were like one of the other groups in running the, around right running like, around uh, in the thing like how cool would that have been? But I,
1: I watched it uh, with, uh, along with my sister, my niece, uh, our good friend Crystal, and who, who plays D&D. And I told her, like, dude, I'm surprised, you know, none of the critical role guys were there. And, and she brought up the point, like, don't they have enough? <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's kind of true, I guess. Yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that is true. You know, it's, it's. I just think it would have been another one of those, like, fun Easter eggs. And who who's to say, like, if this movie does well enough, I'm sure they'll do um another one um but it's like it would have been cool to just even if he was like like i said like an innkeeper would have been perfect just doing one of his classic like you know uh like you know D voices or whatever i think would have would have been pretty funny um to see and like the real fans would be like oh my god so cool but they do i mean they do have their their own the things going.
1: empire that they built
0: <laughs> yeah exactly Um, And, you know, the more, you know, I always kind of like uh, bring up the fact that I don't really watch Critical Role. I'm just not a I'm not a big time watcher of streams, you know, Uh, but I I will always like respect what they've done for the, you know, D&D as a whole. You know what I mean? It's just without them, you know, there would be no there would be no D&D movie. There'd be no like, you know, huge D&D update coming out with a virtual tabletop and stuff. Like they've done so much to bring, put so many eyeballs onto the hobby that it, it's, it's pretty incredible, you know, to have them on there. But uh, yeah, man, it would it have been kind of fun to have him be on there. Now I will say one last thing we'll bring up before we, uh, before we end did you notice the director of the movie or one of the directors? It was directed by two people. No. So the director is John Francis Daly, okay. who who plays the uh the thing I know remember him most from is uh he was the like younger brother in Freaks and Geeks. Who, the younger brother. The younger brother. Yeah, I think it was I think he was uh, uh Linda Cardellini's brother, I think. Um and then he was also in uh if you ever watched Bones, the show Bones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was the. Uh, I forget like uh one of the Oh you mean like the main character of Freaks and Geeks. Wasn't he the main character? Yeah, he was one of the main characters. I mean yeah, they, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. kind of an ensemble thing. But he he was the nerdy little kid. I think he was Linda Carolini's brother, I think. It's been a long time since I've seen Freaks and Geeks. So Yeah, yeah, I know you're
1: talking. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know he directed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. It it was him and um uh, what was the other guy's name do try to look it up here uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly he also uh, helped uh, write the screenplay and uh, it looks like Chris McKay even had some, some say in the screenplay too so pretty cool but yeah good movie guys I think everyone should go check it out Um if you like D&D or you like fantasy and action and Comedy, there's a little something in there for everyone. Let us know down in the comments what you thought of D&D Honor Amongst Thieves. Um, did it live up to your expectations? Are you going to try D&D if you've never tried it before? We'd love to hear. Make sure to uh, leave us a comment or hit us up on the social medias. Also, don't forget to like and subscribe. Look, I kept it, <laughs> I brought it back um and again you can check out patreon.com slash nerds with friends to help support the show it does mean a lot to us to all the patrons who help support us every month and thank you guys for uh you know dealing with us here on zoom we hope it looks just as good sounds just as good as you're used to and uh, we will try to get back to being more consistent now that we're kind of settling into my new job and christian being busy at work so uh, we'll, we'll try to keep us on more of a regular schedule, but yeah, guys, thanks everyone for listening. Christian, as always, thanks for uh, you know, being the uh, the rogue to my <laughs> paladin. I don't know, <laughs> thanks for always being my honor amongst thieves. I don't there know. <laughs> To all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you.